This season of The Ready State is sponsored by Territory Foods. One of the worst things that happens to a busy working person is you eat the same damn lunch every damn day. Not if you have Territory Foods. Oh, snap. Yeah, <laughs> what we're talking about here is Territory is a, is a local company. There's local chefs in your neighborhood, in your hood, in your city that makes incredible whole food meals that uh, that really shakes it up. One of the nice things is I don't have to eat the same boring salad my wife painfully and carefully makes for me every single day. Thanks, wife. And one of the things that's so cool about their platform is you can select what meals you want and they fit into a variety of diet dietary systems or eating eating ways and they can really work for everyone. So check this out. We have a teenager. She gets a little bit funny about her lunch, right? So she gets to go on, have some agency. She chooses what whole food, real lunch she gets. No crap, no fillers, no no bullsh. And uh, we give it to her and she eats it. And we know that she's gone to school with a really high quality lunch with a nice mix of organic vegetables and protein. And Juliet sometimes takes it out of the container, heats it up, and she looks like the best mom in the world. Like, like, like Breakfast Club where Molly Ringwald opens up her thing and she's got sushi. Remember that? That's what this looks like. You're like, I wish Molly Ringwald's mom was my mom. Well, she is. And you can have that experience too with Territory. So here's the deal. If you're interested in getting 25 bucks off your first two orders, go to www.territoryfoods.com slash yum slash the ready state. Hey, everyone. I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett. And I'm Juliette Starrett. And this is The Ready State. You got it. You better stop it. You got it. You got it. We are so excited to have our dear friend Jason Kalipa on the podcast today. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last decade, you've probably heard of Jason. He's competed in the CrossFit Games on eight separate occasions competing as an individual for seven consecutive years and wrapping up an eighth year as a team competitor, Jason is no rookie to the sport of fitness. Throughout his CrossFit Games career, Jason has only placed outside the top 10 once, has won every regional competition he participated in, and he won the Spirit of the Games Award in 2009. Not only has Jason held all podium positions at the World Championships, but he was also named to Team USA three times. Jason opened his gym in 2008 after winning first place at his first CrossFit Games appearance and 11 years later has expanded to over 20 locations. Jason and his wife Ashley live in Los Gatos with their two children, Caden and Ava. Ava's 2016 leukemia diagnosis has led them into a life of philanthropy through their foundation, Ava's Kitchen, with the intention of supporting other families faced with the same adversity. Jason is an amazing businessman, a great family man, and one of the nicest people I know. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Ready State Podcast, Jason Kalipa. We are so excited to have you. We're recording live at San Francisco CrossFit. In the gym, in the kitchen of the gym. Yeah, and uh, the dishwasher's off, so we're good to go. So let me start this by saying when I became Jason Kalipa aware. So I'm standing next to Mike Bergner. It's 2008 at the games. We're watching some kid named Everett, something Everett, who was like the promised one, the chosen one. This is the second games, I believe, right? Uh, it was the second games, yeah. And... uh and I'm standing next to Mike, and we're watching them trying to do 30 clean jerks with 155. Yeah. Full cleans. And all of a sudden, I look across, and I was like, why is that guy going so fast? Who is that guy? And no one, no one 
was watching you in the corner, right? The, the all the superstars were there. My mom and there. dad were there. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and dad. But Bergner, I'm talking to Bergner because everyone's like, "This is the moment." Like, you know, Everett's gonna do it. Yeah. And I was like, "I don't think so." And that guy's going really fast, and he's done. And I watched the last like seven you did, mind blown. Because you came out of nowhere, comma, I'm just going to put in quotation words, fake out of nowhere, and you blew blew our minds. And th- that was the moment I became Kalipo aware. Is there a question in that for Jason? No, or no. Or is that just a comment? <laughs> I just want to say that that okay, was the I, very beginning okay, of an okay, old okay. relationship. I got a question for you. Okay. Um, because this is the Where Are They Now series of CrossFit. What we want like to know to start with sort of ah, People okay. Magazine style. Yep. How did you tell us your sort of CrossFit origin story? How did you first find CrossFit? When did you start doing it? What made you want to become an affiliate slash compete in the first or second games? Just sort of give us like your backstory of CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, so I worked at a traditional gym for years throughout high school and college. I worked the front desk and I did sales. And I was, I liked what I was doing. I was playing football in high school and I ended up not going to play football in college. And so I needed something else. So I found, you know, bodybuilding type stuff. And I never did a bodybuilding competition, but I got close. I thought about (laughs) it for a little bit. And and so then I I found Muay Thai. I found Jiu-Jitsu. And I found this idea of kind of like more functional style training. And then one day, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Austin Begeebing, introduced me to CrossFit and took me to CrossFit.com. And at first, I kind of cherry-picked workouts, saw workouts on it. And then I fell in love with kind of this idea of racing against the clock, the idea of kind of having a coach and kind of, again, competing against somebody else. That was unique to me at the time. No one had ever, you never really competed in fitness. It was just kind of like, yeah, you go do this. And what I found was I was getting more work done in less time. And that was really inspiring for me. So that's how I was first introduced to it. That was like in 2006, seven. And then I competed in the CrossFit Games. And that just kind of opened up a whole different world. So I knew before I won the games, I knew I wanted to open up an affiliate. I knew I wanted to open up a CrossFit style gym because I wanted to open up a gym of my own and this aligned with kind of like my core values. I wanted to help people. I wanted to coach people. I wanted to be my own boss. And this was a great way to get introduced to it versus spending a million dollars on the conventional gym. So how did you go from like doing some CrossFit workouts at your traditional gym to being like, I'm going to go compete in this CrossFit Games thing? Like how did that, how did that happen? Yes, I mean the CrossFit Games in 2008 were a lot different than they were now. And in 2008, you actually just signed up for it. And so it was right down the street from our house. Like it was like 45 minutes away. And I remember Austin comes like, hey, we're, we're signing you up for the, for the CrossFit Games. I was like, sure, you know, like no problem. <laughs> I think like 10 or 15 people from our gym signed up. And at the time, you were able to dictate like what workout you wanted to do at what time. It was pretty cool. And there was three workouts that you knew about. And then you qualified for the final day, which is, was the championship. So I just signed up for it, showed up at this ranch, didn't know what to expect. And I saw the guys that I saw on the main page. I was like... You know, I was really fanboying and whatever. Like I saw OPT who had won the 2007 games and just went in and just took it event by event. And that led me to the final event that we were talking about. So what happened is that year it was called Every Second Counts. You guys remember this. Oh, yeah. It'll never happen again because the time domains all had to be relatively the same. And so you accumulated a certain amount of time throughout the weekend. And the final event, they staggered you based on how much time you had taken. So whoever won that final event won it all. And that was the one where I came out of, quote, nowhere and did okay. Yeah. You're like, my mom and dad were there, though. Yeah, my mom and dad. My, my wife took a video. <laughs> they used it in the Every Second Counts video. One of my favorite uh, second Kalipa, because you, you have been the same person from the first time I met you all the way through. You've always just been advocate, 
a spokesperson, really just like you, you, you hold a big tent open and bring everyone to your tent. It's always been this way. The second time where I really started to fear you, when we, if you go back into Mobility Wad, you can see the rebuilding Jason Kalipa's feet video. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember those? But um, you, it was the first open ever through the CrossFit, and you were testing the workouts, and all they would show was you falling down between sets or right after <laughs> the piece. It was so hard. And I remember being like, well, that's Jason Kalipa collapsing in a heap of meat after every one of these how am i even going to do this yeah and i just it would just be this this like three second montage of you kind of staggering back like you've been shot yeah that was back in the day i mean you know <laughs> we've done some i've had i've had the you know if you look back on the history like whether it's rebuilding kalipa this and that i'm really grateful for all of my experiences in competing and otherwise and it's given me so much and it's laid the foundation for a lot of stuff we're doing today and um especially the competing side you know, the, the competition, it was never more clear to me the benefit of competing than when it relates to the real life. You know, all of us go through things in real life, but if you could prepare yourself mentally and physically through struggles in like sport or athletics, it's a great way to transfer over into real life. So I've had a lot of ups and downs in sport that have played really, really well into real life. So I'm grateful for that forever. When uh, you said you had, when you competed at the games that first year, you'd already decided you wanted to, you wanted to affiliate. How soon after did that happen? What year was that? And do you remember what affiliate you were? Yeah, so in, in 2008, I won the games in July. That same month, I opened up the affiliate, right? So I took, I won $1,200, which really helped because at the time I had opened up the gym. I put $5,000 on my mom's and dad's credit card for some gear. And I had done the first month's rent and security deposit, and I had, like, no money. Because I had just proposed to my then-girlfriend, like, I don't know, a month or two earlier, and I bought her a really nice ring because I knew that was important <laughs> to her. And so I had used all the money I had saved up. And so I, so I bought her this nice ring. I didn't Great have much decision. Money. Great decision. Hey, we're still yeah, together, yeah, so yeah. it's all good. And, it was uh, worth it. It was well worth it. And uh, But the thing about it was is that 1200 bucks made a big difference, and I think I might have won, if I'm not mistaken, a rower as well. And so I opened up the gym. We built the pull-up structure out of wood, right? there At the time, there was no Rogue Fitness. And so yeah. we just bootstrapped it. But it was a week after I won the games that I ended up opening the gym. And I'd already signed the lease before the games actually occurred. So it was all really good timing. Do you remember what affiliate you were? What oh, number? We were, we were CrossFit. Oh, well, we were CrossFit Santa Clara. Probably like, I want to say we were affiliate maybe like 200. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, early. Early. Maybe 300. What number were you guys? Well, apparently we were 41. Yeah. Kelly thinks we were 50, but um, we've done a lot of research, and we think you rounded up to 50. But now, yeah. we're, now we're 21. Now we're 21. Now we're on 20 at 21. Huh. Yeah. Because the other ones were not business? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, interesting, huh? So, yeah. you know, I one of the things that's interesting is that I think early on you became aware. I think you went to Santa Clara and studied business. Yep. And then you came, so here you are in your, you're sometimes known as a, a well-known CrossFit athlete and ambassador for this, for the sport of just of this competition model, but people don't understand sort of how much you've done around affiliate development, growth, seeing this as a model that could be a, a population health model. Did you, you know, in, in businesses and corporations, did you always see this? Or when did it occur to you that you were really onto something much bigger besides owning a single gym? I, I think I've always had goals of providing for my family and other people's families. And I, I always looked at it as a business. 
I was really lucky to have mentors early on that taught me that it's a business. It's not like a hobby. And so when I started opening up the gym, I then saw like the bonds were being created. And I was like, man, this is something really special. And it's really the coach and the community and this and that. So then I got into corporate wellness. And that's where things really took off for our business is because I, I, I made some really good friends in some really good areas. And it opened the doors to re, really redefine the way corporate wellness is done. Before, you have these treadmills and ellipticals and whatever, but no one really talked to each other. So then we started saying, hey, how do you create a coach where I see all these bonds that are created on the floor of our gym? How do I bring that into a corporate environment and further their synergies and whatever? That is so, so valuable to companies. So we got into that. And which opened up more doors. I think just, I think the difference between myself and some other gym owners is that I'm more open-minded and I'm, I'm, I'm looking and I'm having good discussions about opportunities and how to make an impact versus just being so stuck in one, one, one lane. Yeah, you guys have done a couple times where you've pivoted. Hey, we have this mega gym. It's too big, small. Hey, we, we like this model differently. Like you guys are, aren't afraid to, to sh- shake it up a little bit and say, hey, this isn't as working as well as we thought. Yeah, I mean, we went into... We did uh, wellness and we did virtual videos inside hotels. We did that in multiple hotels. We started running fitness centers for hotels. We started doing a lot of like on-site corporate programs that we've had to then back off of because at the time they just didn't have the scale that we needed to be successful. But if we didn't try them, we wouldn't have known. And then we partnered up with a big box gym and we did our gym inside their gym. That hasn't worked out and that's okay, right? Because at least we went out there and we learned through that experience of where we need to refine our business and grow. And it's been a really, really cool experience because I never want to look back on our business or my fitness or whatever and have like big regrets on what's going on. Instead, just go out there, do the best you can and and then pivot and as you go. You yeah, know? I mean, if you don't try different things, you know, you wouldn't have so much success. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you have 21 gyms yeah. and 18 of those are inside corporations. Is that right? Um, like 15 of those. 15 are of those. So tell us a little bit more about that model because, you know, I feel like you have have been the most successful, at least in our industry, at actually making that happen. Tell well, us I mean, a little more about that. One location's right here at Lucasfilms. Yeah. And basically, it's through relationships, right? It's through whatever you say, you have to back it up. I mean, that's really important. <laughs> and it's Do sounds, what you say you're going to do? Imagine that. It, it sounds simple, but it's, yeah. but it's really the way business runs. And when you deal with corporations, you have to be really, it's really important that once you develop this le- level of trust, you need to retain that level of trust. You need to earn it every single day just because they're a client of ours today doesn't mean they're going to be a client of ours tomorrow next year or when the contract is up we can't just wait until the contract expires to then go back there and be like oh um bubble it's like every single day what are we doing to improve the service on the floor is a question and how do we adapt and evolve through member surveys through looking at the industry back in the day when we first started seven eight years ago in corporate we were just doing more crossfit based with barbells and whatever and that was fine for the time because it was kind of like disruptive in the industry but as we've grown, we've said, hey, how do we expand that audience? How do, we, how do we be more relatable to other people in the industry, not just this hardcore CrossFit group? And so we pivoted. Now we provide yoga. We provide alternative other programs. And now we also manage full-blown fitness centers instead of just being their group instructors, uh, group X instructors. So now we do, you know, from the treadmills, the ellipticals, but we're adding a level of service that makes us different than the traditional supplier, right? So... I think this is the perfect pivot into, um, in 2009, if I recall, there was a big run at the beginning of the CrossFit Games. Yeah, yeah, I remember that run. Yeah. <laughs> and you, uh, uh, I don't, uh, running is not really the word I would describe how you moved up and down that big hill. I wasn't like, it was, 
I wasn't a gazelle, if that's what you're saying. Le- less yeah. gazelle. Less gazelle. But you, you. Was have, that still at the ranch that year? It was the ranch. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, you yeah. have yeah, a, I watched that. A, um, you've had some big comebacks. And I don't think that that's the right term even. I think that the idea is that you, what we've heard is you have this really incredible growth mindset. And you realize that, hey, this is a long game, a long race. And I think one of the things that is interesting about your watching you in sort of this microcosm of the games is just like you just don't give up. You just keep grinding, grinding, grinding. You show up in the next one. You show up in the next one. And we watch you just kind of have this sort of ascendant rise back over the course of multiple days. Here we are. It's 2019. You just went to the Rogue Invitational yeah. and competed with the Legends. the Legends. Legends. Yeah. And you won again. Woo! Yeah, yeah. So between 2008 and here we are all these years later, it sounds like you still CrossFit. You still do some things. You've had a, some big, gnarly personal trauma in your family. How are you still able to train, kind of progress, keep your keep your passion around that? Because and we'll we'll get into your your daughter's foundation yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah. But how have you been able to sort of? Has this has this always been the thing that you've done from like you just are going to grind and outwork everyone and hang out longer and battle of attrition? Because it seems to have. In the games, through your personal experience in life, your approach to business, and even still co- as a competitive athlete, it's working. Well, and also if I could just add, it's not as though you know you just said, "Hey, everyone, run my businesses for me while I train exclu- exclusively for this Legends event." I mean, yeah. you're still like, you know, managing your family and you know hanging out with your kids and running your business, and then also and foundation for this event and foundation, and then showing up and winning. So, like, you know, what's the secret sauce? What there? is the secret? Oh, it's, well. <laughs> I mean, look. Is it Ashley? It's Ashley. No, I mean, you know, I, I like to talk about the AMRAP mentality, right? Kind of being present and focused on everything I'm doing. I do think that's something that people are missing out on, where they're one foot in, one foot out, too much on their training, too much on their family life, too much on their business. For me, I try and segment it out so I get more work done in less time. Similar to the way when I was first introduced to CrossFit, it really inspired me because I would be in the gym for the three hours in the conventional gym, and I would get half the results that I would when I just pushed against the clock. How do I translate that into real life? But I think to answer your question, like whether I'm competing or whatever it is, I am in it for the long game, but I'm also in it for the right reasons and I know why I'm in it. So I didn't compete in the legends category because I had to. I didn't compete for money or fame or fortune or whatever. I competed because I wanted to. I wanted to push myself mentally, physically. I wanted to see where I stacked up and I wanted to get uncomfortable. And that's been the same thing that I've been since 2008 till now. And I don't do anything because anybody tells me to. I do it because I want to. And I know that's the only way to be successful. Because if you don't want to, deep down in your heart, you're going to give up. Or you're not going to be, you know, for example, I was in Mexico. And I was doing two days, two a days training for the Legends event. I'd wake up early in the morning, get in my training. And I'd do like a quick thing at night when my kids were taking showers. Because I wanted to prioritize everything in my life. My family, my fitness, and my business. And it was only because I had this deep desire but if people are pursuing things they don't have a deep desire for, it's easy for them just to segment out and go do something else, segment out and go do something else. For me, I've been dedicated since day one to pushing myself in the gym because I like the way it, I like what it provides me mentally and physically, and that'll never change. I'm always going to find things to get me uncomfortable because I believe it carries over into real life so well. So that's. So this is a perfect segue into my next question, which is you. Uh, did the Herculean task of writing a book this past year. And, Herculean task? Gulp. Um, yeah, yeah, gulp. Is, is we, that, know, we know what that means. Yeah. 
And uh, it's also, you know, very vulnerable to put yourself out there and your ideas out there. So your book is called AMRAP, AMRAP Mentality. Um, tell us a little bit about that. And describe what, what yeah, is AMRAP mentality. What is the what AMRAP mentality and what's so, the book about? So the book's called, well, it's AMRAP mentality. Basically, it's as many reps as possible. And the book originally, before my daughter got sick, uh, the book was originally about like anti, like hack book. I'd see all these books about hack your way to this, hack your way to that. And from my experience, you know, as, as our business started to grow, I'd travel all over the world. And I found that like, there's no substitute for just grinding it out, putting in the work. So I wanted to put out the anti-hack book. But then my daughter got diagnosed with uh, leukemia and it kind of just shifted my whole mindset from like, hey, let me put out an anti-hack book to let me put out a book of the mindset that I've approached my life with for almost a decade that helped us overcome this big hurdle. Let me put that out to the world and hopefully it makes an impact on somebody else. And the reason for it is that when my daughter got diagnosed, we had stacked all the chips in our favor and I'm forever grateful. Now, how can I help other people stack the chips in their favor? Meaning work as hard as you can in the gym to be as physically fit to prepare yourself physically for this endeavor. Work as hard as you can in your business to be as financially prepared and then work hard in your relationships so that when something does sh shake you, you have a foundation to lean on. And that's what the book is about. It's about making the most out of every single minute by being present and focused. And I share my stories. I share how I segment out my day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's made an impact on people because they're telling me. So therefore, it's a success. If I'm not trying to get rich off the book. I'm trying to you know provide insight on what really helped me and my family. No, in fact, the book is a... Is a all of profit, uh, profits from the book go to the foundation. Is that right? Yeah, so all pre-sale profits, every penny went to an organization we support called Nigu, which is Never Ever Give Up. Um, after that, I didn't commit any specific mm. amount, but let's just put it this way. I'm basically just going to eventually just cover my cost for the book. I'm going to donate everything else. <laughs> no, when you, when you sell tens of books, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sold 10 books. No. No. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we, we, are, we are about to get some checks from the book for the first time because, you know, those, those go. You have to wait a long time from Amazon to get paid. And I'm looking forward to those checks I'm going to write to the organization. But, I mean, I'm true to my core in that I've seen a lot of families go through a lot of tough stuff. And so my wife and I are major, major into philanthropic efforts. And that goes in line with the book. And so... Um, basically all pre-sales and most of after sales. I just, oh, yeah, yeah. It's tough to make the commitment to say all because you never know where life's going to take you and I never want someone to call me out on it, right? Like, oh, no, no. You know you, what I mean? You, so I always want to be up front. Yeah. That... In fact, if you want to hear Jason and Kelly together, we'll be in Germany at the end of June, hang out. I think we have a, like a, even we're putting on a little show for the, the kids in Europe. Yeah, there's like a 75-minute thing that we're doing. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, we could just we could just dance for him or do something. Man, it's <laughs> I have no doubt the two of you will just be able to wing it, and everyone will have a great time. There is uh, there is lots of talk about the leopard and the bear getting together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want to say, as your friend, and you know this, um, Kelly and I, of course, were you know, with you and Ashley um, as you you know, found out about Ava's diagnosis. And I just want to say that it was amazing to watch um, what grace and, I mean, grace is the word I think of when I think of how the two of you seem to like manage such a deeply, like maybe the most stressful thing that can happen to a parent on earth. And, you know, it, I don't know if there's a question here, but it was just so inspiring and amazing to watch the two of you, um, you know, both, you know, like take care of your own daughter and your own family, but then also pay it forward to so many other people now. I mean, it's just been amazing to bear witness to that as your friend. Yeah, and just, I think the hidden idea that you, we all have a lot more ability and capacity 
to serve, to make relationships. Like people think they're maxed out and they're not really maxed out. And I think you really have said, hey, if you just tighten up some of these areas, you'll free up space and mindset and capacity to actually go out and change the world a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you can consolidate the time that you're wasting and create a path on what you want to do and utilize and reach your full potential. Like I ask myself every single day, like, dude, you talk about the sauna. Like I was in the sauna two days ago. I just asked myself, hey, am I reaching my potential right now? What, am, what can I be doing better? And when it comes to raising awareness for pediatric cancer, it's one thing for me to compete at the Legends event and wear a gold ribbon on my sleeve. Like, okay, that's cool. Or to donate proceeds from the book. Okay, cool. But what else could I be doing to raise more awareness? And how can I utilize our network of friends? Because everybody wants to be about something. And I think my family and I were about this cause. And it gave us great focus and guidance on we want to make a bigger impact. And um, yeah, that's really where Ava's Kitchen came to be. And you guys you know, came out and supported it. And we really appreciate that. But, you know, to say that Ash and I and our family, I do think we did the best we could to handle the situation. But I also think all the the cards were in our favor. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you we'd be the same. We would have attacked it the same way had the diagnosis been different or whatever. But we we had a great network of a great amount of friends. We live in an area where we can get phenomenal health care. And I'm forever grateful to the doctors that saved our, our life, you know? I mean, it's it's gratefulness that I have. Like, it's 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 a big deal and, and that's something that i'm taking with me forever you know i just got done competing at the rogue invitational and i actually had a podcast about this other day about pressure and how i used to think that like these pressure competing was like really hard to handle but when you have like real pressure in life right like that's pressure in a game like you know like right. yeah it's important you're doing this for fun yeah like it's it's important because you want to win and it's important to you and i get that right. but when you have real pressure in life like leukemia and relapse that's real pressure. And it really changes the way you look at things that happen in your life. You know, you walk into a business meeting, maybe it doesn't go as planned, right? Well, you know, or maybe you have pressure to hit a deadline. Well, that's pressure, but it, but there's like real pressure and there's like pressure, like, like business deadline. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a great right. piece because Pers I think perspective is the yeah. word there. You, in the, you know, some of the, so much of the lessons around training aren't the lessons we think we're going to learn, right? And, um, you know, theoretically we come to train to expose weaknesses to fail like the gym is the safest place in the world we can nice. fail you can come up against your psychology yep. it's a dynamic system how i mean how has your train your just personal training evolved like your experience of using crossfit to to create this this kind of readiness model that makes you more robust because i think there are so many lessons around being a more robust person, being a member of a community, showing up and just doing your best today, whatever that means. But how is that manifested in the way your like your training looks from a day to day? I mean, I think from a training perspective, I like to take class. I like to be a part of our product that we put on the floor. And like you eat food. your own cooking, you still do yeah, your own class. Yeah, eat my own cooking. Imagine I think it's really that. important, right? Uh, I think that we're going to try and you know, if we have gyms all over the world, I want to ensure that I'm participating just like everybody else is. But I also think that you know, I need to kind of know where I'm at. Meaning when I was getting ready for the invitational, I added in some more complexity. I added in some more stuff to put me in a position to win because that was important to me. But on a daily basis, what's important to me is to move, to feel better and utilize fitness as a tool to help me in all other areas of my life. So yes, I'm going to squat. Yes, I'm going to lift. Yes, I'm going to push, whatever. But I need to remind myself that whether that session was perfect or not that great, I'm still winning because I got my ass out of bed and I went and did it. And I think that there's a lot of perspective that shifts that like a lot of people don't even do that. So if I could just get up every day, push myself in the gym, I'm already putting myself in a better position to have that ready state, right? Where I'm, where I am pushing myself in the gym is going to push me outside the gym. And then as I'm going through the year, 
I might transition different goals. I ran a half marathon the other day, right? So I wanted to prepare for that. I did the Legends event, prepare for that. Now I'm going to do, do a jujitsu competition. I'm going to prepare for that. And trying to give myself these micro goals on a, on a you know quarterly basis to help keep me inspired to get to that, you know, get to that goal. Kelly and I think that's so important. I mean, we are always doing, you know, I competed in a world championships last last fall, and then I'm going to go do a Spartan race next weekend with my daughter. And, you know, we're always trying to build in these little competitions into our lives, whatever they are in different sports, you know, not necessarily CrossFit, so, but so whatever. So that the training matters. Yeah, so it matters. And for us, that is such a motivator to just have something out there in the future that we're training for, that there's like a purpose for it. I mean, it seems like that's important to you too. And I was just going to say, you know, I think we all came of age in the the CrossFit world where it was so novel and new and it was all, it all became very recursive and, and as a, which means I did more pull-ups so that I could get better at pull-ups, right? So that I could have more pull-ups so that right. I could do better at pull-ups, you know? And uh, it was always about just testing the thing that I was testing in the gym that I was testing. And I think the games confuse us a little bit because you guys had to train this way in order to be good and express at the games, which looked like the gym. But what I've heard you say is that in the, in the past decade, you picked up jujitsu again, you're running, you have this incredible running race you guys do in Hawaii every year. Like there's just a little bit more nuance to taking the gym, which is what you're talking about in business train so that you can apply that out in the real world. Yeah. And I think what happens is in CrossFit, you also get comfortable. So if you're out there and you're doing CrossFit and you go to your gym, that's your comfort zone, right? You like going in there and hitting 21.59. But now how do I take that and get a little bit uncomfortable? How do I now go sign up for a, uh, you know, a sprint triathlon? And all of a sudden, what kind of gains am I going to get? And then how do I take that and go learn a new sport? Go do rock climbing. And I think just constantly pushing yourself outside the gym is beneficial because it helps you in all other areas of your life. And that's something I'm going to stay motivated with forever as long as I could live, right? As I want to keep creating these bogeys yep. and not like crazy bogeys, right? No. But just some kind of bogey to hold me accountable to my own self and to kind of put it on the line and either, you know, and, and that's a good thing. Like the half marathon I did here in San Francisco, it sucked. I did not enjoy it, <laughs> but, no. but I knew that I knew that it would inspire me to get out and run more. That's and right. I knew that that was an area that I wanted to personally develop. And so if I could create a goal and say, hey, I'm going to do it. And you, once you commit, you can't not commit. And so that, that helps me. And that's really the allegory for business or taking on a new project or learning a new skill. Yeah, you, you, you made a question like, hey, how have you stayed like, in this sport for so long, in this business, whatever? I stay in it because I create a, a, I create a goal. And I'm like very focused on that particular goal. At times, maybe even too focused, right? But it helps me because then once I approach it, boom, I move on to the next one. And that's really helpful for me in my life. So I have a, one of the things I valued the most about my friendship with you is that we can totally nerd out on the business side. Yeah. Um, and that they I are, think they're, we, they're sorority sisters and fraternity like my brothers. business sorority <laughs> sister. True. And that, um, you know, I think you and I both approached owning a gym with this, like, this is a business It needs to be run by a business. And so we've related so well on that. If you could sort of look back though, now today in 2019, at like your early business self, um, you know, what did you get right? What did you get wrong? Um, you know, and, and this is more for like people listening who are like thinking about doing this or, you know, like what, what are the big things you got right and wrong? Well, I mean, I think I was really blessed to have great mentors early on. So when I was in high school, I worked the front desk on the weekends. When I was in college, I worked there full time. And what was cool about that is that night I would ride the elliptical with the owner 
and I would pick his brain on business. And he was very business savvy, very sales focused, which is completely anti CrossFit, right? CrossFit was like, no, 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 we never talk about money. We never talk about sales. This guy was all money, all sales, all the time. And so it was cool because I went from college with him, learning all the ins and outs to then learning about training and coaching. And so I think if I were to do it over again, I would have done the exact same thing I did because at the time I was able to get away with it, but now I wouldn't do it. Meaning no. if you asked me today, would I open a gym with $10,000 and wing it? Probably not. Right? <laughs> right. Because I was taking right. on so much risk and liability. And nowadays there's so much competition in the space. Right. You got to go out there with this, this kind of like a real big cornerstone that you know, you're going to be successful because once you sign a lease, right? It's, it's on. It's on. Yeah. And back then I was signing a lease for 1500 bucks, you know, for a six month lease was our first one. Worst case scenario, I was in it, whatever, 10 grand, I could walk away. But nowadays, it's not the same way. And so I think that before someone even thinks about it, they got to ask themselves, why do they want to do it in the first place? Right? Like, I, I talk about this all the time. I'm the biggest coffee fan ever. But I'm not going to open up a coffee shop because I don't know anything about running a coffee shop. Right? And if you like fitness, that's cool. It doesn't mean you show up at the gym. There's plenty of other ways to get integrated into it. You got to have the background. You got to learn from somebody. You got to have the business acronym to, to, or at least have somebody else on your team that knows that kind of stuff. Because I've just seen too many gyms where people just get started and they're fired up. And then all of a sudden a year later, they're, they're out of business. You know, that, that just reminded me of um, what you're telling me about, you know, cause I don't think I knew that you kind of worked in a Globo gym on the sales side and you know who else who did is Diane Fu. And everybody always asks like, how is it that Diane Fu is able to manage and keep a book of business? She was and, the manager of balance. And she makes it consistently makes a very high six figure income salary being a CrossFit coach. Um, and you know, I believe it's because she came from this place where sales was a focus and she knows how to close the deal and she doesn't do an introductory series with anyone and then they just leave. You know, she's always booking the next thing and organizing the next thing. And it's just like she learned that early on and, you know, and it's just so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in, I'm in full agreement. I think that those lessons I learned about sales, getting to know people, understand what they're looking for. Yeah. They paid huge dividends when I started business and when I opened the business, yes, it was about coaching, about product on the floor, but it was also about, hey, I need member number one. I need member number five. I need member 10. What am I going to do to put myself in a position to get there? And just creating a plan towards it. You know, I think oftentimes what I see in my life is like a lot of people love to say like, for example, I was um, this pool guy. I was talking to this pool guy. I was like, hey, man, like I could really, I'd really appreciate if you could do this. He goes, oh, yeah, I meant to go buy this part, but I didn't buy the part, so I can't do it yet. I'm like, well, dude, like, okay. Well, you know, like that's part of your job. Like go buy the part, go get it done. But everybody wants to say, like, oh, I'll do it when I do this. Or I do it with it. It's like, no, just create a plan, go get after it and stop waffling. You know, everybody's waffling. No more waffling. I'm getting fired up over here. <laughs> okay. That's perfect. So as we were talking about, one of the things that you believe in is in raising the tide. Like yeah. You raise all boats through by raising tide and you have worked really hard to support and advocate for affiliates, CrossFit affiliates, gyms, coaches, What's next for you? What are you kind of working on that you can talk about in terms of how do we raise this greater consciousness? Because it's so much work to have a gym. Yeah. You've been doing it so long. Or and have now, a gyms in your case. Have a gyms, right? Yeah. And, and not lose your mind. How, how, what are you doing? Because I know you've got some stuff cooking. You talk well, about I mean, the, the best way to summarize it is that with 20 plus locations and 150 of our own coaches, we said, how do we keep quality as high as possible? And so we created our own app which, which, you know, now we have it online as well with our own session plans in depth. I mean, this takes a team of like six of us, a lot of hours to create. 
session plan, program, warm up, cool down, teaching notes, daily videos, all this stuff. Because we wanted to ensure that our coaches were all singing off the same sheet of music. Now the question becomes, how do we create a larger network of gyms where everybody starts singing off that same sheet of music set? You're going to have a better coach, you're going to have a worse coach. But in this case, we'll at least be able to refine it a little bit more than where the current CrossFit model is. So if you go to one of these gyms that are part of our organization, you at least know you're within certain confines. And then also providing them some business tools. I think it's really important. You know, we've spent hours and hundreds of thousands of dollars on documents and packages for HR and this and that. Why don't we just give those away to people that are a part of our network and use that to rise the tides? That's really what we're doubling down on moving forward with. It's currently called the NC Fit Collective, but we're going to transition more towards just thinking about it more as a collective, right? A collective of different gyms looking to rise the tides as the functional fitness industry. Amazing. It's so amazing. Um, you, you, we, you mentioned your foundation. Where would we find out about that? So my wife hosts an event called Ava's Kitchen. And so avaskitchen.org, the money from That's that. A AVA. AVA. The money from that, um, we've raised, I mean, she's raised a lot of money. This last year, uh, she raised half a million dollars at one one night. So we made able to make it a lot of amazing. impact on kids. Yeah. And that's all, you know, she's 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 the pioneer of it. She's crushing it. All the money goes to an organization called Nigu, Nigu.org, where that money, um, it's like a lot of checks and balances, which I like because it's not our money. It goes into that organization. No. So people can find at find you guys at avaskitchen.org to support. And then where else can people just find you on the interwebs? Is, is there looking MRAP for... is on Amazon? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so as many reps as possible is on Amazon. You could also just go to jasonklepa.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Jason Klepa. Uh, you can go to, you can look up the collective. You can look up, it, just go to jasonklepa.com. There's all kinds <laughs> of things. It's all on there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Jason. It is just such a pleasure to talk to you, and and I can't wait here. to have this conversation again. Where are they now? And uh, what you know in ten years? And what's so great is that I get a little feeling of stars. They're just like us. I'm I'm fired up right now, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Cleveland. <laughs> I am fired up right now. Thank you for listening to The Ready State. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at mobilitywad.com. The Ready State is the podcast of mobilitywad.com, where we've assembled the world's most comprehensive database of guided movement mechanics and mobility videos, all with the goal to help improve performance and eliminate pain. Each motivated by the simple idea that all human beings should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under mobilitywad. That's W-O-D as in workout of the day. Until next time, cheers, everyone. You got it. You stop it. You got it. Kelly Starrett is a New York Times bestselling author of Becoming a Supple Leopard and Ready to Run. He's a coach, a physical therapist, an athlete, and an innovator who works with elite athletes as well as everyday people who just want to be healthier and happier in their lives. Juliet Starrett is a co-founder and CEO of both San Francisco CrossFit and Mobility Wad, co-founder of StandUpKids.org, a writer, an entrepreneur, and a world champion athlete. Our theme music was provided by Rogue Wave. You got it!